0: You are listening to The Overflow Podcast, a ministry of First Denton. For more information on Overflow, please visit overflowdenton.org. All right, I love that song. Anybody else like that song we just sang? It says so well what we believe and what we're about as believers in Christ. My name is Jeff Williams. For those of you who don't know me, I'm the pastor here at First Denton, and I'm glad to be here with you tonight to uh, share God's Word with you. Before we do that, though, before we take the Bible out, I want to give you a, a couple of a, uh, announcements, I guess, is the best to say. For about a year now, we have been praying for and looking for our next college pastor here at First dent, the next leader of Overflow. And uh, I'm glad to be able to tell you tonight that we have found that person, and uh, they will be coming soon. That's, yeah, that's something to be excited about. Now, you know, we've got spring break coming up, and we got Easter coming up, so he's not going to be able to actually come until uh, April the 7th and the 8th. 6th, 7th, and 8th, he'll be here that weekend, and uh, he'll be voted on by our church that Sunday morning in our church services. And then hopefully sometime around the 1st of May or so, uh, he and his family will move here, and he will take over uh, leading our college ministry Uh, here at First Ditton. So thanks for praying about that, and uh, I know you're going to like him. We're not at this time able to say his name and where he's from and all because he's not told his church everything there yet, and so we're kind of honoring that and kind of keeping that, uh, you know, under wraps for a little while, but soon, in the next couple weeks, we'll be able to tell you all about him and all about his family and again he'll be here that second week in, uh, in April and hopefully be here not soon after that. One other quick thing before we get to God's word. Uh, we do a ministry here at First Denton called Marriage Basics and this is for couples that are engaged or who are seriously dating and that starts on Wednesday night, March the 28th, 7 o'clock, meets for eight weeks in a row. Uh, Zach and Mally, I think, are going to come and be a part of that, all right, our uh, famous engaged couple over here uh, for uh, Tuesday night. But anyway, if you are an engaged couple or maybe a seriously dating couple, I invite you to come and be a part of that. I lead that along with another couple uh, here in our church, uh, the Brewers. And so uh, if you uh, would like to be a part of that, come, and uh, it'll help you to get started. I think help you to, to build your relationship, and it'll save you some money on your marriage license if you get married In Texas, okay. Texas says if you take a class like this, they'll save you about sixty bucks on that. So if that's uh, something you want to do, and it's free, the class is free. We don't charge anything. Uh, So uh, for but for eight weeks, we talk about marriage and all the different aspects of that. So that's marriage basics. All right, let's bow together in prayer and ask God to uh, speak to us through His Word tonight. Father, I thank you for the privilege it is for me to be here tonight uh, with these college students. Father, to worship you, to lift up your name, I thank you so much. For the song that we just sang, that says so well what we believe. We do believe in the name of Jesus Christ. We do believe that he died on the cross for our sins, was resurrected, ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven today. I thank you that he died on that cross for my sin, because of my shortcomings, because of my need for a Savior. And tonight, Father, as we open your word and as we talk about the name Of Jesus Christ I pray father that you would speak to us about that name show us how the name of Jesus Christ can make a difference in our lives can make a difference in the lives of our friends and families and and students that we go to class with roommates that we live with I thank you for the name of Jesus and I pray that we would hold it high tonight as we talk about it as we preach about it as we've sung about it and father as we leave this place May we take that name in our hearts and on our lips and in our minds. And may we share it with others that need to hear about the name of Jesus Christ. It's in that name that we pray this evening. Amen. I wonder, have you ever been in the presence of greatness? Now, what I mean is somebody that was famous, somebody that was well-known. Maybe it's an athlete or a politician or an actor or something like that. You know, have you ever been right there next to somebody... Like that. If you have, you probably have a story to tell. We all like to tell our stories about meeting celebrities. So let me tell you my stories tonight. All right. The first one took place long time ago, 20-something years ago, before most all of you were even born. But then President George Bush—I like to call him Daddy Bush. Okay, the one that's 90-something years old. He was running for re-election, right? He'd already had a four-year term and he was running. And so he came to Waco and I was the pastor of the Grace Baptist Church in China Spring right outside of Waco. And he was coming to the convention center there in Waco. And I thought, hey, I'd like to go see him and hear him. So I went down there and I parked my car and I got to the door and the door was shut because the place was jam-packed. Nobody else was allowed in and so I was pretty bummed about it. I thought you know what? He's gonna have to get in his car. And he's gonna have to drive away from here I think I'll just stay right here on the curb and see if he doesn't come by and sure enough after it was over Here came the presidential limousine right down the street I'm standing here on the curb and literally about where the front row is that car went flying by and George Bush President George Bush looked through that six-inch thick green tinted bulletproof glass and he waved at me as he went by so for about two seconds I was in the presence of greatness all right <laughs> never mind he was flying by at 65 miles an hour and and I was standing there but you know at least I got close to him now a couple of years after that I actually got my picture made with his son George Bush Junior. Now at the time, he was the owner of the Texas Rangers. He was running for the governor of the state of Texas and so he was campaigning all over the state. He came to our town. I lived in Pleasanton, Texas then and was pastor at First Baptist Pleasanton. But he took pictures and I remember it was with a bank or something and so I smiled and got my picture with him and the guy who took the picture says, hey, you can come get a copy of this. You come to my shop. And I never went to the shop and got the picture. I kind of regret that today. He became the president of the United States. Third one happened at the Texas Rangers game. You know, I'd gone down to the concession stand to get my $5 watered down Diet Coke and my, and my wife's nachos. And I was walking back to our seats, okay? And the game was going on over here, so I'm kind of watching the game like this. And I literally ran into Troy Aikman. Almost spilt my Cokes and my nachos On him and so I looked up at him and I said I'm sorry for running into you and he said that's okay and we walked off so about eight seconds I had with with football greatness but but here's the last one this is the best one of all when I lived in Pleasanton Billy Graham came to San Antonio to do a crusade as he did all over the world at that time and in the preparation for that we had a pastors meeting there was about 30 of us in the room and Billy Graham came in and sat down And I sat across the table from Billy Graham for about 30 minutes and listened to him speak. And and, and literally, I felt like I was in the presence of greatness. Now, I don't know who you've met and who you've been around. But when we think about that, we think, well, what difference should that make in our lives? I mean, to be around somebody famous, be around somebody, you know, well-known, should that make a difference in our lives? I'll be honest with you. When President Bush went flying by, it made no difference in my life at all. Really having the picture made with his his, uh, son... Didn't make any difference. You know, bumping into Troy Aikman didn't make me a better football player out in the yard with my son, Ryan, and his buddies. Now, I will say that being with Billy Graham for that 30 minutes really did kind of inspire me. And just hearing his love for God and his love for people and and his desire to share the gospel did make a difference. And it just got me to thinking, if you are in the presence of greatness, you ought to look for an opportunity to learn something. You ought to look for an opportunity to to be a better person person because you were in the presence of that person on philippians chapter 2 paul ushers us into the presence of greatness if you've got a bible or a phone or whatever it is you look up the scripture on open it to philippians chapter 2 tonight because here in verses 5 through 11 we are ushered into the presence literally of greatness the presence of jesus christ And right here in this passage, he talks about the name of Jesus. What I love about that song we sang a while ago. It talks about the name of Jesus Christ. That's what we're gonna talk about tonight. The name of Jesus. What difference does the name of Jesus make in your life and in my life? You know, there are some names that are just too good to be true. Some celebrities' names, if you think about it, they just sound a little too good to be true. Names like Hulk Hogan and Bruno Mars and Nicki Minaj. L- ludicrous. I mean that just sounds a little too good to be true, doesn't it? Lady Gaga, Pitbull, Snoop Dogg, Carmen Electra, and Vin Diesel. You are going to be shocked to know that's not the real names of those people. Let me share with you the real names. Hulk Hogan's real name is Terry Jean Balete. It doesn't quite sound like Hulk Hogan, does it? Bruno Mars's real name is Peter Hernandez. <laughs> Pretty plain and simple, isn't it? Bruno Mars, Peter Hernandez. Nicki Minaj's real name is Onika Tanya Marja. That's her real name. Ludacris' real name is Christopher Bridges. <laughs> Doesn't have quite the ring as Ludacris, does it? Lady Gaga's name. Let me see if I can say this one right. Lady Gaga's real name is Stephanie uh, Joanne Angelina Germanotta. That's her real name. I like Lady Gaga a little better than that. Pitbull's real name is Ornato Perez. Snoop Dogg, Calvin Broadus. Carmen Electra's name, Tara Patrick, and Ben Diesel's name is simply Mark Benson. <laughs> a little bit different than Ben Diesel. But you know, names really do identify us, don't they? And a lot of times we pick names in our day and time because of the way they sound. And I've said this several times. When my son was about to be born, I was actually living in DeSoto. Uh, Some of you know where DeSoto is, but I was a pastor of the church in China Spring already. We were waiting for our son to be born before we moved. And so when we would drive from DeSoto, to Waco or China Spring, my wife would open the name book and she would start reading out names and I would listen to the way they sound I wanted something that would sound good on the loudspeaker on the Friday night at the football game All right number 25 Ryan Williams, you know something like that. And so that's that's kind of how we did it But in Jesus day names had much more meaning It was what about it was all about what the name Meant and so every really name in scripture we can talk about what it means and tonight I want to talk to you about what the name Jesus means Because there's a lot of meaning to his name It's the greatest name literally ever spoken on the face of this earth and right here in philippians chapter 2 Paul talks about it. So take your bible and let's read philippians chapter 2 beginning verse 5 We're going to read down through verse 11. I want to ask you to stand with me tonight in honor of god's word We do this often on sunday mornings where we just simply say hey, we value god's word And so just kind of in honor of it as we read it we stand together to read it. So verse 5, Philippians chapter 2 says this. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality God, with God something to be made to grasp, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place, and here it is, and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Father, thank you for the opportunity to read your word tonight. May you speak to us through it, and Father, may we take what we hear from you tonight and apply it to our lives tomorrow and the next day and the day after that. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The reason I want to share this message with you now, I know many of you are leaving this coming Friday to go to Beach Reach. If you're going to Beach Reach, raise your hand. Let me see. All right, a bunch of you. All right. Those of you who are not, that's okay. This message is still for you tonight. But those of you who are going, I want you to think about the fact that you're going to represent... The name of Jesus Christ. You know, I said when you're in the presence of greatness, a great thing to do is to emulate that greatness. Well, I want you to think about as you get ready to go to Beach Reach, and the rest of you, as you get ready to maybe to go home uh, for spring break or to go somewhere else for spring break, I want you to think about the fact that everywhere you go, you represent the name of Jesus Christ. And so let's talk about that name. What does the name of Jesus Christ mean? For you and your life for me and my life as we follow him every single day Now if you like to kind of write things down in a message here's something you can write down All right four things I want to share with you tonight The first one is this the supreme position of the name of jesus christ in verse 9 paul said It is the name that is above Every name and there are three reasons I would give to you tonight Why jesus name has the supreme position that it does the name above every name Paul says right reason number one is it's the most important name the world has ever known the name of Jesus Christ is the most important name that you will ever hear that you will ever experience on this earth you know there are some names today that we do not use to name our children because of the way that that person who had that name lived their lives their lives maybe names are live in infamy today take Nero for instance in Paul's day Nero was a tyrant as a matter of fact Nero killed Thousands of Christians Paul on the other hand was the greatest Christian who ever lived many think and so today We name our sons Paul, but we don't even name our dogs Nero there are other names that live in infamy names like Adolf Hitler Saddam Hussein names like Judas We don't use those names to name our children today because they live literally in infamy They're terrible names what they represent is not good so we don't use them. Other names, on the other hand, uh, bring forth in our minds great things. But I would just simply say to you, for every great name that you can name, I could name another name just as great, just as good. Let me give you some examples. For instance, we're thinking about presidents of the United States. Great presidents. We think, well, George Washington, man, he was a great president, first president of the United States. But you know what, when you name George Washington, you also have to name Abraham Lincoln. Because Abraham Lincoln, too, was a great president. Just as great, just as good. When you think about athletes, you know, you might say, well, LeBron James. One of the greatest athletes to ever play the game of basketball. But you know what? When you name LeBron James, you also have to name names like Dwayne Wade. Because Dwayne Wade is good as well. And uh, what's the guy? No, Kevin Durant. You know, to name Kevin Durant. There's always another athlete you can name with someone else. Writers. You know, Shakespeare. Some of you are English majors. You know all about Shakespeare. Shakespeare's a great writer. When you think about Shakespeare, though, you also have to think about Longfellow and other writers like that. I would just simply say to you, whatever situation, whatever part of life you name a great person, I can name somebody else just as great except for one name, and that is the name of Jesus. I challenge you tonight to name another individual who's had a greater impact on the world than the name of Jesus. Of Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, if you took a great pile of uh, of great names as high as Mount Everest, light years above that pile would be the name of Jesus Christ. It's the most important name that you will ever hear. The most important name you will ever speak from your lips. Second, I would say it's the most inclusive name that you'll ever hear. The name of Jesus is the most inclusive name that the world literally has ever named. You know, when I say the name Jeff Williams i'm saying a few things i'm saying husband to wife my wife tammy i'm saying father uh, to my daughter Alyssa, and my son Ryan. i'm saying grandfather to my grandkids i'm saying pastor i'm saying friend and brother and 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 a few other things we could add in as well but you know my name is limited my name kind of comes up short at some point in time but not the name of jesus as a matter of fact the name of jesus is so inclusive it's the most inclusive name the world has ever known. Revelation chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus said, I am the Alpha and the Omega. Now, those of you who know the Greek alphabet, you know that Alpha and Omega are the first and last letters of the Greek alphabet. So to kind of put that in English, Jesus was saying, I am the A and I am the Z and I am everything in between. And Jesus absolutely is. I mean, think about it for a minute. If you think about the letter A, Jesus is the Alpha, as we've already said. He is the author of our faith. He is the Adonai. We think about the letter B. Jesus is the babe of Bethlehem. He's the beginning of our faith. He is the bright and morning star. We think about the letter C. Jesus is Christ. He is creator. He is the chief cornerstone. D. He is the door. He is the deliverer. He is the delight of the nations. He is the eternal one. He is the everlasting one. He is El Shaddai the Bible says. He is the forgiver of our sins. He is the finisher of our faith. He is the friend of sinners. He is God. He is the giver of life. He is the great one. He is the high priest. He is the great I am. He is invincible and invisible. He is the just one. He is the justifier of your faith and my faith. He is the king. He is the king of kings. He is the king of glory. He is the keeper of the keys of death and Hades. He is life. He is the light of the world. He is the liberator. He is love. He is the Messiah. He is the man of sorrows. He is the Nazarite. He is the name above every name, Paul said. He is omniscient. He is omnipresent. He is omnipresent. Uh, Omnipotence. He is the pearl of great price, the Bible says. He is the prince of peace. He is the propitiator of our sins. He is the quieter of the storm. He is the quick and powerful word of God. He is redeemer. He is the rose of Sharon. He is our savior. He is the sufficient one to take away your sins and mine. He's the son of man. He is the son of God. He is the true vine. He is the testator of the will of God. He is the unending giver of forgiveness in your life and in mine. He is the vine. He is the vicarious one. He is the victorious one. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father by Him. He is the witness. He is the exalted King of Kings. He's the yoke fellow. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is Zion's holy prince from A to Z and everything in between. Jesus Christ is the most inclusive name you'll ever hear. I love what the little boy in Sunday school said. He said, Jesus is like an Oreo cookie. He's the good stuff on the outside, and he's the great stuff in between. Amen? (laughs) That's what Jesus is. And that name, that simple name of Jesus includes so much in our lives. More than any other name. That we can ever imagine well one other thing about the importance of the supreme position of the name of Jesus is it's the most irresistible name that you will ever know most irresistible name the world has ever known you know there's a lot of hard names in the Bible have you noticed that if you ever read in the Old Testament especially you'll find there's a lot of hard names and we have sort of an unwritten rule around here at First Denton and, and I haven't said this in a while but but here's the rule if you're reading scripture, maybe in a Sunday school class or life group, or even on Sunday morning in worship, and you come to a hard name, you don't have to try to pronounce that name. You can just say hard name. Okay. And you just move on and You know, don't try to mess it up or flub it up. Now, parts of the old Testament kind of read this way, don't they? Hard name, begat hard name, begat hard name. I mean, it's kind of like a Hebrew phone book. You know, there's just all these names that come one after another. And those names are hard to say. Let me just give you a couple of examples. There's one Old Testament name, and it's Mephibosheth. Say that with me. Mephibosheth. Now, it's not so hard if you know how to say it. When you first see it, you think, wow, that's crazy. He was the the grandson of King Saul. But maybe the one that kind of takes the cake was the son of Isaiah. His name was Meher Shalahashbaz. Say that with me this morning. (laughs) Meher Shalahashbaz. Aren't you glad that when the angel came and visited Jesus, or visited Mary, and said, you're going to be the mother of the Messiah, he didn't say, and you shall name him, shall Shalal Hashbaz. No, instead, he said, you shall name him Jesus. Now think about that name for a minute. It's a simple name. It's profoundly simple, and it's simply profound. And everyone who knows Jesus Christ loves Jesus the name of Jesus. Beware of somebody who says they're a Christian, but does not love the name of Jesus. Say it with me this evening. Jesus. Say it again. Jesus. Again, Jesus. One more time. Jesus. It's so simple that a great orator can say it with flair and and, and flamboyance, but yet a two-year-old can still speak the name of Jesus. Now, here's my point. The name of Jesus is so irresistible that Satan has to do something with it to destroy the name of Jesus. Now, let me ask you, when somebody is hammering with a hammer and they hit their thumb with their hammer, have you ever heard anybody say, Oh, Buddha, when they hit their thumb? (laughs) Or, Oh, Muhammad, when they hit their thumb? They don't say that, do they? No, instead, many times they will say the name of Jesus Christ. You see, the name of Jesus is so resistible, irresistible that Satan has to put it as a profanity on the name of other people in order to try and destroy the name of Jesus Christ. That's the supreme position it has. No other name do people use to try to use profanity. It's always the name of Jesus Christ. And it's because Satan knows the power of his name. Satan knows the position of the name of Jesus. And that's why he puts it that way on the lips of those who would use it as a profanity let me just beg you don't ever do that don't ever do that don't ever take jesus name and use it in that way and see when you do you take it and you say it doesn't have that supreme position in my life but it does so make sure you use the name of jesus in a wonderful way in the way it was intended. all right here's the second thing you can write down if you'd like to write down notes the supreme power of the name of Jesus. Not only does it have a supreme position, it also has supreme power. Look again at verse 10. Verse 10 says, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Let me give you three things real quick that the name of Jesus has the power to do, right? First of all, the name of Jesus has the power to save. The power to save. Acts chapter four and verse 12 says this, salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. You know, in Jesus' day and time, Paul's day and time, they were a polytheistic society. What that means is they had many gods. Matter of fact, they had a God for everything. They had a God for fertility. They had a God for the sun. They had a God for rain. They had a God for sleep. They had a God for everything. And so when Christians came along and said, we have this God, Jesus Christ. They said, great, bring him on in. We'll take him in. But the, but the Christians said, no, no, you don't understand. He is the only God. And history tells us that there were Christians who were put to death in the days after Jesus was ascended into heaven because they were, uh, uh, they were accused of being atheists. Oh, if you don't believe in all these gods, you are an Atheist. And so they would put them to death. Now, there are some today who say, well, you know, in this day and time, we live in an atheistic society. I would disagree. I think we still live in a polytheistic society. We still worship things like pleasure and material things and money and leisure and professions and all those other things. We worship a lot of things in our day and time. But let me just tell you this. Jesus does not want to be one of your list of five or seven or ten things in your life jesus wants to be number one on your list of one he is the only one that has the power to change your life the power to save you from the sins that zach so eloquently talked about a few moments ago those sins that keep us from experiencing a relationship with jesus christ it's his name that has the power to save us and to change us you know when pastors talk to children they often ask questions and most of the time, their question, the answer is Jesus. One pastor was talking to a group of little kids one day, and he said, all right, boys and girls, tell me, what has a brown, bushy tail and gathers nuts for the winter? All the kids just kind of sat there and looked at him. He said, oh, come on, kids, you know what I'm talking about. He, you know, he's real bushy, he's brown, he, he climbs up trees and all that. Uh, somebody tell me what it is, and, and still they kept quiet. Finally, one little boy in the back said, well, pastor, I, I know that the is supposed to be Jesus, but it sure sounds like a squirrel to me. Well... <laughs> The answer really is Jesus. And I don't want to give simplistic answers to complex questions, but I'm just here to say to you today, the answer to your problem, no matter what it is, is Jesus. Whatever it is you're dealing with in your life, the answer is Jesus. You say, well, I don't know if I'm going to pass my midterms tomorrow. Hey, the answer is Jesus, All right? Pray, but you know what? You better study a little bit as well. (laughs) It's okay to pray, but you better spend a little time studying. You say, well, I don't know how I'm going to pay for my tuition this summer or next fall. Well, Jesus is the answer. You go to him and let him supply the needs you have in your life. He has the power to save, to take you from a life that is headed away from Christ and turn you to a life that's headed for an eternity in heaven one day. Secondly, it also has the power to spoil. The name of Jesus has the power to spoil. Now, Matthew chapter 12, verse 29 says this. Jesus came to tie up the strong man or to spoil the works of the strong man. The strong man is Satan. By the way, you do know, do you not, that Satan wants to spoil your life. He wants to destroy your life. John chapter 10, verse 10 says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But Colossians chapter two, verse 15 says, that Jesus disarmed the powers and the authorities. In other words, he's taken away the power that Satan has to destroy your life. He's taking it away. you would be very sure if you let him, Satan will do it. Satan will destroy your life. But if you let Jesus come into your life, he has the power to spoil the things of Satan. It's in Mark chapter five. Yeah, Mark chapter five, that we read the story of a, a time when Jesus came across a man who was demon possessed. And literally he was full of demons. Jesus asked the demons what their name was and their answer was, legion in other words there were thousands of demons in this guy but the power of the voice of Jesus Christ Jesus told them to leave the man and literally they did they left him but what happened next shows us the intent of Satan himself because the Bible tells us that those demons left that man and they went into a a, a herd of pigs who were there on the hills. Somebody said it was the first case ever, ever, of deviled ham. First time ever that we had deviled ham. But what happened next, I think, shows us the true intent of Satan because those animals, after being possessed by those demons, ran over a cliff and fell down into the water below and drowned in the water below. You see, that just shows us Satan's desire is to destroy everything about you, everything about your life, every relationship you have. First of all, the relationship that you should have to Jesus Christ. He wants to spoil it all. But the name of Jesus has the power to spoil the things of Satan. So it's the power to save, power to spoil, and then thirdly, the power to supply. The name of Jesus has the power to supply. Jesus said, ask in my name and you will receive it. When we ask Jesus in his name, he says, we will receive it. I will take care of your needs, he said. Guy took his kids and his and kids' cousins to an amusement park. It was one of those, kind of like the state fair, you know, you gotta have so many tickets to get on each ride. And, and so he got all organized when he got there. He bought a bunch of tickets, and so they would go up to each ride, and he would peel off how many tickets they needed and give them to each one. Well, they came to one ride, and he needed three tickets to get on this ride. And so uh, they all kind of lined up, and he would peel off three tickets, and he gave them one to his son, his other son, and his daughter, and finally he gave them one to all their cousins. And, and this one little boy came up and held out his hand. <laughs> he didn't recognize that little boy. <laughs> And so he just simply said, son, I'm sorry, but but I don't know you. And, And about that time, his son, his own son came walking up and said, oh, hey, dad, dad, this is my new friend. And I told him if he would ask you that you would give him tickets for this ride. And the guy thought to himself, I didn't raise a liar. And so he peeled off three tickets and he gave them to that young man so he could go ride that ride. And that's exactly, that's exactly what Jesus Christ does for you and for me. You see, we come up to God and we kind of hold out our hand and we say, God, here I am. Here's what I've done. And God looks at us and says, that's not good enough. You can't earn your way into my heaven. But then Jesus comes up and he says, oh, dad, dad, that's one of mine. I died for that one. That one claims my name. And God says, I didn't raise a liar for a son. He died for that one. He gets to come in to my kingdom. You see, he supplies All of our needs. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 19 says, My God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. The name of Jesus has supreme power. Here's the third thing you might want to write down tonight. That is the supreme profession of the name of Jesus. In verse 11, and also in Romans chapter 14, verse 11, it says this. Every tongue will confess Jesus as Lord. Now, uh, there may be one or two in here. I can't really see. It's not real light. But, but I think I'm probably one of, if not the oldest guy in the room here, okay? Uh, most of you are a whole lot younger than me. I'm old enough to be your dad. Uh, I've got kids older than most of you in here. So so I'm a little different, all right? Some of you in here are math majors. I don't know if we've got any math majors in here. We've got some uh, kinesiology majors probably in here. Probably some accounting majors. You know, Zach was an accounting major major sitting over here done him a lot of good now and man well it is doing some good he's had to take up a lot of money for beach reads and all that but anyway my point is there's a lot of different people in here some of you are from you know south texas and some of you are from north texas Some of you are from from us there's all different kinds of people in this room but you know what there's one thing there's one thing that every one of us regardless of our age regardless of where you're from regardless of what your major is all of us have one thing in common and that is this every one of us will confess Jesus Christ as Lord. Now, there's two different ways that might happen. All right, In the book of Revelation, chapter 20, we read about what's called the great white throne of judgment. And that's a time of judgment, not for Christians, not for those who know Christ, but for those who did not know Christ. And they're going to be brought before that great white throne of judgment and and the judge is going to ask, is their name written in the Lamb's book of life? And the answer is going to be, No, and I really believe at that point in time There's going to be a lot of confessing of jesus christ as lord But i'm just here to tell you it's going to be too late at that point When somebody gets to that point and confesses him in judgment It's going to be too late and you know what? I think there's gonna be a lot of different kind of people there I think there's going to be some sorry no good Reprobate kind of people there that day I mean some people that had nothing to do with god. They were terrible all their lives They never followed anything uh, uh, of God or his word. Just just sorry people. But you know what? I believe at that point there's going to be some people say, hey, oh, oh, you know, I was wrong. I was wrong. Jesus really is the Lord. Jesus Christ really is the Lord. I was wrong about the church. I thought all they wanted was my money, but I was wrong. I confess him as Lord. But it's going to be too late for those guys. I think there's going to be some good people there as well, though. I mean, people who paid their taxes, people who were committed to their families, you know, had good marriages and took care of their kids and, and raised them and, and, and took care of them. But they just never really had time in their life for Jesus. Just never really had time in their life for having a relationship with him. I think they too are going to confess Jesus on that day. But, but let me tell you this as well. I think there's also going to be some church members there on that day some people who claim to be members of the church but yet they never really got around to being born again They never got around to really letting Jesus Christ come into their life to forgive them of their sins and to be their Savior and Lord and they too are going to confess Jesus that day but it's going to be too late at that point you see everyone's going to confess Jesus as Lord and you're either going to do it in judgment or you're going to confess him in joy. And that's what I'm doing right here today. I'm saying to you, Jesus Christ is my Lord. He is my Savior, my Lord. Since I was eight years of age, I've been confessing that. And I plan to do it till my dying day. I'm confessing him as Lord. Now the question for you today is, are you confessing him now in joy? Or is it going to be when you face the judgment that you will confess him? Because you're going to do it one way or another. You're going to do it at some point in time. And the best way to do it is to do it now. To say, I'm ready to let Jesus Christ be my Savior and Lord now. So ask yourself that question tonight. Is Jesus my Lord? And we'll come back to that as we close up in a minute. But one more thing. Fourth thing you might want to write down tonight is this. The supreme example of the name of Jesus, and I want to go back and read just a few verses of what we read a moment ago, ten verses five through eight. And just listen to what it says again. It says, "Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death." On a cross. Now there's a whole sermon right there just in those few verses. There's a lot of doctrine there. For instance, the doctrine of the deity of Christ is there. Jesus was and is God. He was God in the flesh. The incarnation of Jesus. That's where God in heaven became man. That's what the birth of Jesus is all about. It's the incarnation. There's the crucifixion. The fact that Jesus died on a cross for your sins and mine. But maybe the most simple doctrine that we find here is the humility of Jesus Christ. The fact that he would leave heaven as God himself and come down to this earth to die on a cross for your sins and mine. And if there's anything that you and I should emulate of Jesus Christ, it ought to be the humility of Christ. Those of you who are going to Beach Reach, I hope that when you're there, when you're having the opportunity to talk to some of those students on, on the beaches or in the vans as you drive around, you will do so with the humility of Jesus Christ, putting others before yourself. That's what Jesus did. He put you and he put me before himself. And that's what following Jesus, that's what emulating Jesus, that's what imitating Jesus that's what being a Christian, which means Christ-like, is all about. It's all about having that same humility and saying, I want to live my life in such a way that people see Jesus. Not that they see me, but that they see Jesus Christ. You see, his name really is the example for all of us. So let me ask you again tonight, is Jesus your Lord Thank you for listening to the Overflow podcast. Please feel free to download and share with friends. We ask that you do not alter any of the previous content in any way. For more information about Overflow, feel free to visit us online at overflowdenton.org.